Across the internet and straight into your ear holes, you're listening to Paranormal Hotline, your weekly airing of all things amazing, alien and aberrant, a broadcast of the bizarre, bewildering and baffling, communicate of the curious, cryptic and crackpot. It's a podcast where we talk about paranormal shit, I guess. Yeah! <laughs> my name is Oshin, and as always, I'm joined by my friendly co-ghost, Kaylee. Hello! Kaylee, how are you? And has anything spooky happened to you in the last week? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, nothing nothing particularly spooky. Um, if you hear a noise behind me, it's... See, what we bought was like this pop-up coffin for Halloween, for like the decorations. We've taken all our decorations down. And the cat loves climbing into it. So I have this black cat that keeps terrifying me by popping out of a coffin. <laughs> so if you hear like a ruffling coffin. noises, that's what that is. It's like, it's literally like a pop-up <laughs> tent. It even comes in like a circular bag thingy and it literally pops out and it's a coffin. It's great. So it's like tent material or? Yeah, it is. Like it's literally like, t- and I was even thinking like I might bring it on a paranormal investigation and sleep in it for the crack because it would be so funny. But uh, <laughs> I'll think about it. I just picture you now rising from it. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> good evening. I be more like you know like what we do in the shadows when he he's tired and he's coming out of the coffin and he like pauses halfway up that'd be me <laughs> my birthday is on friday which is the 30th so i get to herald in the de facto spooky season ah. of october so you know i'm going to take this opportunity to call out all of the spooks inspectors the ghosts and the goblins make yourself known to me i won't fight you but maybe only show up if you're nice and polite thanks <laughs> i'll update you next week with the results of that uh, Imagine if I started seeing things or hearing things because of all that. Hearing things in the wall. Funny I should say such a thing because that is something that happens. That is something that happens to be the focus of today's topic. So let's get right to that. (laughs) I'm very excited about this episode. This is the story of Jeff, the talking mongoose, splitter of the atom and the eighth wonder of the world. (laughs) I'll elaborate on that later, but what what an opener. (laughs) (laughs) About this time of the year, but in the past... In September 1931, in a rural farm on top of a hill called Dorlish Kashin, near Dalby on the Isle of Man, there lived the Irving family, James and Margaret, and their 13-year-old daughter, Voiry. James is sometimes known as Jim, so I might interchange those names, just a head up. Uh, productivity at the farm was dropping at the time, and the family were finding it hard to make ends meet. It was also quite rural. Their nearest neighbour were living over a mile away. They didn't have electricity, telephone or radio, but that might have been normal for a rural house in the early 1930s there on the Isle of Man as well like that's not a big island is it well it's big enough but like it's not that big relatively small (laughs) yeah jeez that is that is remote that is as remote as it nearly gets Mm. so one evening the family heard what was described as blowing spitting and growling sounds coming from behind the wooden panelling on the walls of their house inside the house inside the house yes so it was a stone farmhouse but it had like wooden panel walls yeah. on top of the stone on the inside probably for insulation or something yeah absolutely that was what it was for um, kind of like a protect against the wind so the space behind these panels was about four or five inches wide so it was kind of like it had a shell hmm so anyway thinking it was a rat Jim would try in vain to flush it out from its layer in the walls he set traps and got poison I'm thinking the man is on the verge of some Tom and Jerry shenanigans here <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to like try to blow the wall up with TNT or something but instead after days of not being able to get the rat and I'm doing air quotes there out of the walls he tries to scare it out by growling like a dog at it <laughs> <laughs> to his surprise 
the unseen creature growls back. No. <laughs> so for a little while then, it responds to James doing impressions of birds and animals, like just copying them. It's just kind of like mimicking it, like repeating back what he's doing. Yeah. Isn't there a bird that does that? Uh, parrots? No, there's a specific type of bird that repeats noises. Oh, it mimics a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does like car alarms. Yeah, yeah, it does car alarms or like chainsaws and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, what bird it is. Yeah, me too. I assume it's not in the Isle of Man, though. It could be, but I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think it's on the Isle of Man. <laughs> so the daughter, uh, Vori, asked the creature to repeat some rhymes, like nursery rhymes. Yeah. Which it does in a very high squeaky voice. And then it spoke freely and introduced itself. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can help it out. No. <coughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I won't be doing the voice for this. Not for any of this. Oh my God, man. I had to turn my <clears throat> volume down. You need blasted my ears off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can help it out. We have a Patreon and that is a way to directly support the podcast. Just the cup of a coffee or a pint. The cup of a coffee? The cup of a just, coffee. Just the cost of a cup of coffee goes a long way to help us put out an episode every week. And you'll also get access to our Discord where we're always chatting and posting stuff about and in between episodes. That's over at www.patreon.com forward slash paranormal hotline. We are now on Instagram. In fact, the suggestion for this episode was actually sent to us by a user via Instagram. 3 spooky 5 me Thank you for sending that in. I've had a lot of fun reading uh, and researching this one. Uh, it's off the wall. <laughs> or in the wall. Out Ooh. of the wall? Who knows? It's barking on, mad. It's, it is barking mad. So on Instagram, we are Paranormal Hotline. And we'll be posting pictures there of an upcoming investigation that we'll be doing next month and on our stories so be sure to follow there you can help us out for free by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it especially if you like it that's when you should rate it if you listen to us on Spotify do us a follow there to get the podcast fresh off the press and sent to you anyway in his very squeaky voice which and I quote is high pitched much higher than anything possible for a human voice the creature introduces itself as Jeff spelled (laughs) G-E-F you gotta say it you gotta say it my name is Jeff (laughs) My name's GF. <laughs> That's the funniest he, uh, cryptid introduction we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, so he, he was asked to, he was asked to to spell it and he spelled it phonetically. Um he spells other things phonetically as well. I think that's just how he spells. Right. With I'm not a spirit, I'm an extra extra clever mongoose. He also claimed I was born near Delhi, India on July 7, 1852. I have been shot at by Indians. I'm a marsh mongoose. This puts his age at likes 80, 81. Okay. Or 70, 79 actually, my maths. Right. From India? Yes. Okay. There is like an Indian mongoose. I, I don't know what he's really getting at here though. Yeah, I was wondering if there was mongoose <laughs> in the Isle of Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> another farmer had introduced mongoose. Oh my God. mongooses <laughs> to the island. 20 years beforehand to try control popu- uh, rabbit population. Right, right. That's a... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Jeff seemed to live in a partition in Voiri's room, which they started calling Jeff Sanctum. <laughs> Again, c- can we get a sanctum for the paranormal hotline HQ? Yes, absolutely. There's, I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I think the coffin is already kind of a sanctum. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose, I suppose. For the cat. I don't really know what you would put into one. 
A body, but we have obviously. One, but you could put a cat into yeah. the into the sanctum. If you're feeling stressed out or you know tired, just take yeah, a nap a in the coffin. Place. According to Voyery, Jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail. Is this Pikachu? <laughs> it could. be <laughs> That's what you described. <laughs> That's yeah. The the voice and and the. Are you sure yeah. it didn't say Japan and not... In, you know, maybe it got mixed up. <laughs> the Isle of Man, the Isle of Japan. Oh! That's like, that's like in, you know, Atlantis, where is there like the coast of Ireland? No, the coast of Iceland. It's like switches one letter. In a letter, James writes this too, though. Early in 1932, my daughter and I were alone in the house, broad daylight, and I chanced to look through the window of the room we were in, and I saw, to my surprise, a very large cat striped like a tiger. We ourselves did not possess a cat, and I called Voiry to come to the window to look at it. She did so and remarked at the size of the cat, but more especially to the unusually large bulldog head it had. (laughs) The cat then walked away from the door of the outbuilding, where it was standing, which was 40 to 50 feet away from us, and then I saw it was a Manx tailless cat, and I was a little more surprised, as the pure Manx cat is usually smaller than the English. I thought, this is no ordinary cat. So I slipped a cartridge into my single barrel gun and took go after Oh my god. That's a, a harsh reaction to a cat the, that looks weird. The, this is an incredibly conflicting reaction. Yeah. Personally, I'm very fond of a cat and I do not kill for killing's sake. The cat was a little ahead of me, but easily within range and it turned through an open gateway into a grass field. I was there a few seconds behind and fully expected to see the cat, but no cat could be seen. Look as I liked, the field was level and there was not a bush or any roughness where he could have hidden. And the hedges were all earth or sod hedges as they are called here. I detailed my experiences to my wife on her return that night when Jeff called out, It was me you saw, Jim. Further explanation is beyond me. Do you know what the Manx cat is? Yeah, it's a type of cat. It's a type of cat that is exclusive to the Isle of Man though. Yes. And it doesn't have a tail. It's the only cat that's like developed to not have a tail <laughs> at all, which is really strange. There's like some load of weird creatures in the Isle of Man though. There's also like this goat that they have that grows four horns on its head. Like it looks satanic one. as hell. Like it looks really I terrifying. But yeah, the Manx cat is like, it doesn't have a tail. It has like a really, really short tail or none. Yeah, it's got like a stump. Um, I think it's actually bad for them. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd say it messes up their their whole balance. They end up with like some some sort of condition because of it, but yeah, very strange. So it's it, either he misidentified it, or he's a shapeshifter. Jeff is a chef well, shapeshifter. He could. Jeff does say to him, "It was me you saw." Yeah, uh, because so like Je- Jeff, like he he can hear really well. Oh, and like. <laughs> One of the things that he says is they're like, you can't even whisper in the house because Jeff will just tell you what you just said back to you. <laughs> he's just, he, he can be a nuisance, you know? Yeah, I'm getting real corny vibes off of this. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, birds of a feather, you know? <laughs> now, these are some things that Jeff said in no particular order. I am a ghost in the form of a weasel and I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. Way to be a stereotype, man. <laughs> I know, I know. I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. You don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. <laughs> it's like Jeff. He sounds wakes like up me when choo- I'm drunk. <laughs> chooses war. It, it does actually. It does. <laughs> I could kill you all, but I won't. <laughs> Sips on my beer. Because we're friends. We're friends, man. I wouldn't kill you. Yeah, I think Jeff is just a drunk. He's a drunk who's living, living in the walls. In the walls. Yeah. He's a very, very thin man. Like drunk people do have like super hearing, I swear. 
<laughs> I was brought to England from Egypt by a man named Holland. When I was in India, I lived with a tall man who wore a green turban on his head. Then I lived with a deformed man, a hunchback. In Notre Dame? I don't know. Oh. I really don't know. He, he's an enigma. I was thinking, hoping this would be like kind of like a Forrest Gump story. Like, <laughs> he'd be going around. He's First, he built the pyramids, then he went to Notre Dame and, you know, built all the castles and... He was friends yeah. with John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you knew what I knew, you'd know a hell of a lot. It is really just drunk man <laughs> vibes. Like, it is. <laughs> this one is good. I, I think this could have actually inspired Radiohead. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into a stone or a pillar of salt. <laughs> I'm stealing that from my Tinder now. <laughs> That's perfect. Let them know you're a freak. <laughs> That's so good. I'm a freak. I have hands and feet. <laughs> That's so stupid. And this is my per- my my personal favor. I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. Jesus Christ. That's I, I love that. Like, you know, that that is that's a jump. <laughs> I'll split an atom. <laughs> Next like time atom I get drunk, only, that's my new threat. <laughs> the atom was only split like earlier that year in, in, in 1932. Really? Oh, well, it was probably big news then, wasn't it? it well, it could have been. It w- but I imagine it would have been written about. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure how, how much a mongoose. I suppose he does. He, he was some man for the gossip because he could hear everything. <laughs> Sorry, still laughing at that. It's just like I'll fucking karate chop an atom and <laughs> He's just drunk. I could kill an atom, but I won't. I'm the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, because aren't all the wonders of the world, like, buildings? They were, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends which... if they're The eighth wonder of the... The, the ancient world are all pretty much buildings, I'm thinking. Yeah. The modern world, I think, included the space shuttle at the time. Yeah, but that still just goes like to show a kind the book of I read a... was from the nineties, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose. I don't still, know what the current uh, eight wonders. I think or seven Jeff wonders. the mongoose is right. a far, far cry from a space station. <laughs> Although you know he can karate chop an atom and a half, so that's he pretty can, wonderful. He, 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 he is the fifth dimension. I don't get that. He skipped fourth altogether. <laughs> Went straight to fifth dimension, but uh, he's well, living inside we... of a wall, and that seems very two D to me. <laughs> I mean, technically, we experienced the fourth dimension. It's the passage of time, right? We just can't navigate it. I haven't got a clue. The fourth dimension scares me, and I don't want to think about it. <laughs> like, there can be beings watching us right now in the fourth dimension, and we'd have no idea. What about the fifth dimension? There's Jeff. You know what? God Jeff- knows who else. <laughs> if Jeff is in the fifth dimension, I'm somewhat less scared of it. The fourth <laughs> dimension is what scares me. So, the family made claims that Jeff would guard their house and would inform them when guests were approaching or if unfamiliar dogs were being around. <laughs> you also claiming that almighty full power of being able to do all this incredible stuff and then just being like, a dog, there's a dog in the garden. Well, he was kind of, he was useful and, and he also did say he would protect the daughter because at one point during the start of it all, because Jeff first was kind of living in the ceiling above where the daughter would sleep, the father wanted to move her bed into their room and then... Jeff was like, no, no, I'll do no harm and I'll look after the girl. And that was okay then. Um, so, But so he, he was quite useful at home, or so they said. He would put out the stove if they'd forgotten to put out the fire that night. I have suspicions that it was just going out. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I've never had that problem before. (laughs) They said that he would wake people up when they overslept. He would also be the house mouser, like the the role of a cat. Right, right. But he preferred to scare the mice rather than kill them. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Did he threaten the mice as well? (laughs) Yeah, Give him a hiding. You don't even know what alums are, but I can split them. (laughs) They said they gave him biscuits, chocolates, bananas and other food by leaving it on a saucer suspended from the ceiling, I imagine on a beam, which Jeff took when he thought no one was watching. So did they ever see Jeff in the house or did he just talk to them? I think they did, yes. It's not very clear, but they're all like very much there is Jeff they claimed that he would go to market with them but he would always be on the far sides of a hedge chatting to them the whole time though we were kind of getting on to like likening him to last week's ghost yeah he was acting like Corny he would act the bollocks he had a bit of a temper was he as bad as Corny or worse I'll let you be the decision of that one time when Jim was taking his time opening the morning post which was too long in Jeff's opinion he sort of squeak shouted read it out you fat headed gnome Jeff For a man who's not paying rent like Mongoose that's not paying rent Yeah mongoose For a creature that's not paying rent Another night He bothered Jim and Margaret By sighing and groaning For half an hour Without (laughs) stopping Before confessing I did it for divilment (laughs) What a fucking twerk I know he's 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 He was just like Oh, and they were like, Jeff, what's up, man? <laughs> I like, don't want oh, to know what sort of noises he was making, but it was for half an hour. And then, then he even owned up to it, saying, oh, I was just doing it to bother you, you know? <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> Another time, while walking home, Margaret was having stones thrown at her. So she called out, Is that you, Jeff? To which he taunted back, Yes, Maggie, the witch woman, the Zulu woman, the Honolulu woman. The Honolulu woman. Yes. That's the that's the words he used? That those are the words he used. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Why was he throwing stones at her? He's got nothing better to do. I don't know, but he, I've read one account where kinda of in the first six months he was a bollocks for throwing stuff off the walls as well. Sorta of like a poltergeist. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah, it kinda so, just sounds like a poltergeist with attitude. <laughs> hmm. A poltergeist with notions. Jeff also became known as the talking mongoose or the Dalby spook. He became very popular in the tabloids. Many journalists visited the island and the house hoping to see Jeff. Several others, not from the family, but visitors or locals, claimed to have heard Jeff's voice and two people claimed to have seen Jeff. Okay, so it's not just the family who saw him. No. In 1935, Richard S. Lambert and his friend, the one and only Harry Price. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Price. Way Round of applause for <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Visited the island to investigate the case and make a book. That's hmm? bizarre to me. Like, Harry Price, <laughs> I thought, was kind of more of a debunker. Um, when I heard he was involved in this case, I was just like, mm. what? <laughs> well, no. He's, he's skeptic when he shows up. So, yeah. if you're new to the podcast and don't know who Harry Price is, Kaylee, who is Harry Price? Harry Price is like the OG paranormal investigator. He kind of started a lot of the techniques that are used today. One of the first, if not the first, to kind of employ a scientific or evidence-based approach. So anyway, they go investigate and they write the book. In the book, they avoid saying if they believe the story. The book does say, however, that the sample of mongoose hair that Price was given, when he sent it to a naturalist, it was identified as dog hair. Oh. Price suspected that it was the hair of the family dog. Mona, a sheepdog. Other evidence that they acquired, which were like paw prints and teeth marks in plasticine when it was inspected 
did not match any known animals, but the analyst did say that one of them could have been made by a dog. Like this it was believable like, for a dog to be able to make it. It's just like every piece of Bigfoot evidence that ever comes out. Yeah, yeah. Price also investigated the whole like double wall panelling in the house. It makes the whole house one great speaking tube with the walls like soundboards. By speaking into one of the many apertures in the panels, it should be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house. Ah, see, this is why you need Harry Price to investigate this shit. He's just yep. like, boom, that's a dog hair. Boom, the walls are speakers. Yep. Drops a mic, writes a book, leaves. Class act. Uh, in his autobiography, he wrote this about a visit to the house. The family was heartbroken at Jeff's continued absence. Mrs. Irving was convinced that the mongoose was still about the house, probably listening to every word we were saying. Uh, she addressed a few words to him in the hope that her appeal would touch a sympathetic chord somewhere. There was no response. Then I addressed a little speech to the four walls of the room, hoping Jeff would hear me. I pointed out that we had come a long, long way on his account, and that we were entitled to some manifestation. A few words, a little laugh, a scream, a squeak, or just a simple scratch behind the panelling. I even invited him to throw something at me, but all to no purpose. That opening him up to getting things thrown at me is just reminding me in, in the prison. <laughs> when we did the paranormal investigation in Spike Island. Yes, and... <laughs> I offered myself to the ghosts. You did do that. You just very willingly did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of regretting that. Yeah, well, you did like, ground me beforehand, like, you know, so... I did, but like in my head, I was there like, you know, I'm going to unlock, you know, I'm going to remove these groundings if I can. Here, look, <gasps> come on at me. Jeff supposedly wouldn't show up for investigators often. He was kind of feared that he would be taken. A lot of the time he said, you'll put me in a bottle if you catch me. I presume he said it more to the family. If he can chop an atom, could he not just chop the bottle? Uh, you know what? I think he was big talk. Okay. I think he was big talk. All right, all right, all right. Saying about what I presume is an upcoming visit of an investigator. He said, um, tell Arthur not to come. He doesn't believe. I won't speak if he does come. I'll blow his brains out with a thruppany cartridge. Jesus. Not 100% sure on what a thruppany cartridge is. I presume it's like a cartridge for the gun that costs three pennies. Oh, thruppany. Thrupp yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. There was some drama in 1937 when Richard Lambert, who went on the uh, investigation with Harry Price, brought Sir Cecil Levita to court for slander after Levita suggested to a friend that Lambert was unfit to sit on the board of the British Film Institute, saying that Lambert was off his head because he had believed in the talking mongoose and the evil eye. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the evil eye? You know the evil eye? You see him hanging up sometimes. It's its own sort of thing. No, I gotta Google this. If I just search evil eye, I'm just gonna get Lord of the Rings. No, if you search evil eye, you'll get it. It kind that of ties in with evil? the whole eye for it. No, it's used to ward off the evil eye. Those the little hangy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I just associate these with like, you know, something somebody brings back from holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was this. He won the case, got £7,600 in damages, which was a crazy amount Oosh. at the time for a slander case. Yeah, that's loads of money. Other psychic re investigators thought that Jeff was a poltergeist or a ghost. That's what makes sense to me anyway. Sounds like a poltergeist talking a lot of shit, but I also just think the family's faking it. <laughs> yeah. Skeptics thought that the family were in on and perpetuating a hoax started by Vori. A reporter from the Isle of Man Examiner wrote that when he caught the girl making noises, her father tried to convince him the sound came from somewhere else. <laughs> Researchers suspected her of using ventriloquism and other such tricks, when, which the family then hyped up and kind of other people who wanted to buy in hyped up as well sort of thing. So she kind of like threw her voice kind of. Yes. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, 
I don't really understand how it works in in real life, but I know it's a thing you can do. Yeah, I don't really understand it either, but uh, I know it is a thing that can that is possible. And it mm. makes sense that it would be a little girl too because his voice was really high-pitched. Yes. If Harry Price wasn't involved in this, I'd just be like, oh yeah, it's real, 100% talking <laughs> mongoose from India. Absolutely real. <laughs> but the fact that no. you brought in Harry, Harry Price and he was we, just we, like... We stan Harry Price. Yeah. <laughs> here's all this evidence that it's fake. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's probably not real. <laughs> as much as I want to believe it, it's a really cool story and it's so funny for somebody to make this up and yeah, to go no, along is- with it like it is real is hilarious. This is very much a case of I want to believe because he's such a great character. Yeah, yeah, he's a great character. <laughs> I think I think as a myth and part of like the culture in the Isle of Man, like I love it. Again, the Isle of Man is just a like paranormal place for nature, man. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. because it's like so separate from the rest of anything. It's just its own separate little island that it kind of has these weird mutations and it's so weird. Hmm. You wouldn't even think it, but yeah, cats with no tails, four horned go- goats running around the place, uh, a talking mongoose. So Nandor Fodor, the research officer for the International Institute for Psychical Research, stayed at the house for a week without seeing or hearing Jeff. Jeff. He did not believe that it was a deliberate deception. Oh. The charge of ventriloquism is answered by the fact that Jeff has been heard when each family when each member of the family has been alternatively eliminated, he wrote. It is sufficient to spend a day at Dorlish Cashin to know that under the conditions of living it would be impossible to carry out ventriloquial imposition over a period of years. Uh, but this was like him crunching the numbers as well. He did sp- spend time there. Right. But then also kind of like on the accounts of, well, we heard, you know, the family going, well, he was there and he was out. Yeah, or, but you're you kind know, of have to go by the f- by what I the know, family right? is saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like I, I, blind trust in the family. Oh No, no, no. There is like, I'm sprinkling some serious like pinches of salt here now <laughs> but uh, Nandor also dismissed the theory of Jeff being a poltergeist poltergeists are always invisible Jeff never claims to be without an animal form he eats drinks and sleeps he leaves his teeth marks in the butter in the larder and in the fat of the bacon he catches rabbits and performs various other services for the family <laughs> poltergeists are an unmitigated affliction Jeff is an asset <laughs> so he would also he would leave like rabbits at the door when the family were nice to him but he does go on to say poltergeist disturbances usually begin just before a young girl or boy in the house reaches the age of puberty the disturbances die out soon after the critical period Jeff has not faded out he grows stronger than ever he is visibly outgrowing the original affection which bound him to Voiry Irving the young daughter of the house Nandor originally thought Jeff to be an extraordinary animal like Jeff claimed to be so like you know clever hands the horse that could do maths no Oh, there was a horse that could supposedly do maths. You'd ask him a question and like he'd clop his hoof the number of times for the answer. Turned out to be a hoax. Like oh, okay. the horse was looking at the expressions of the the guy asking the questions. Ah, uh, okay. You said it so then, casually, so, just like, oh, you know that horse that could do maths? <laughs> oh, you know clever what? hands? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm on a first name basis with him. So he, he later came up with like this theory that Jeff was still an animal, but he was psychically possessed by a split off part of Jim's personality. What the fuck? Yeah, no, I really don't get it. It's like way too contrived explanation. Too wild for me. Yeah. It's a bit nuts. The family left the house in 1945 following Jim's death. Oh. They had to sell the farm at a loss, apparently, because the claim of it being haunted. It was bought in 19... 
46 by a Leslie Graham and he claimed to the papers that he had shot and killed Jeff. Oh my God. Really? Yes. <laughs> however, however, body that he displayed was much larger than Jeff was described as being and also black and white. Voiry was certain that it was not Jeff. But Jeff could change shape, so... Potentially. But it was not the, the mongoose that she knew and loved. But it was a mongoose. Yes, it was a mongoose, but it was black and white. All right, whereas okay. the other one was kind of like yellow-brown. Voiry died in 2005. In an interview that she did later in life, she maintained that she did not make up Jeff. Right. <laughs> this is a wild story, man. And th- that's more or less the end of it. Because, like, imagine if, like, your husband or somebody in your family did make that up. Eventually, you'd be like, all right, lads, it was a hoax the whole time. To, to just double down and always be like, yeah, it was real. Yeah. That's just I mean, nuts. If it was a hoax, you took it to her grave. I think I've seen enough evidence here to make my conclusion on Jeff Jeff the Mongoose. Yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to say it's not real. And that's a rare one for me, but this is just too much. Yeah. As much as I love this story, it's a fantastic story, and I really love Jeff. Kind of, It was kind of, I feel like it was a bit like um, tabloids got wind of it, and then it got really popular and famous all of a sudden and then they kind of just had to go with it and keep making these lies well yeah because i mean i was reading one like and i'll post to the discord there's uh like a, a whole newspaper page from it and like bits and pieces from it i can see where it was collated in different places you know so obviously it's from a series of interviews that he's made or other stuff because like other sources i was reading it online kind of were taking bits and pieces of it too yeah so it's difficult to find to get down to like kind of like the original saying who said what but I think there could be a lot of like you know this is a someone told he told me and now I'm telling you sort of thing or I'm hearing about what Jim said from a man that talked to Jim yeah yeah that makes sense you know and then some of it is from Jim and some of it's from his diary and some of it's from his letters and it's kind of like I was trying to keep a track on the dates and it was real difficult but uh, you know if asked about it I'm going to pull a Harry Price and I'm going to avoid saying that I believe it. Fair. Okay. That's all we have time for. If you like the podcast, suggest us to your friends and family. We would appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover, send us an email or shoot us a message on any of our socials and we'll get back to you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful week. That's my birthday wish to you. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. Bye.